So good to be back, guys. While I'm just starting to talk, if you could take one tissue and then pass the box along, and if everyone could grab a tissue, that'd be awesome. Yeah. No, it's not, it's not for crying. It's not for crying. It's for uh, something later on that I'll um, share with you guys. Yeah, wow. Isn't God good, eh? It's crazy to think that 10 months ago I was here and so much has happened in the last 10 months and there's so many new faces and there are so many faces that are still the same and it's just so great to be back in church with you guys and I'm really excited. Um, as Matt said just before, we had a great catch-up and we went to a coffee shop about 9 o'clock in the morning and then we didn't leave till about 3 o'clock in the afternoon and uh, it was an awesome day and, and we really just, yeah... It, you know those talks that you have with people where you're both saying really different things, but there's just something just happening inside of you that you can really feel the Lord on, and you could re- I could really feel a stirring, um, and, and Matt agreed with that. And it's just I, b- I believe I really have a word that's um, in season for where where I'm at right now, having um, experienced this, and where the church is at this morning, and just what we've even been talking about today, uh, just you know praying for people and and um, really believing that God is doing something um, in our midst and in the midst of all that's happening in life. You know, life, life can get pretty heavy at times and there are always things that come up against us, but knowing that God is always good and that He is always doing something, whether we see it or not, and just to believe in that and put our hope in that, that is a, a really awesome thing. Something that hasn't been mentioned this morning, which I'm kind of surprised by, is that it's Father's Day. Oh, is, oh really? Oh. Well, that, <laughs> that was a cool thing that I was like, oh, sweet, it's Father's Day. <laughs> But yeah, I was because I was like, oh, mum didn't tell me that it was Father's Day and didn't tell me to get a present. But my calendar, I woke up this morning and it was said it was Father's Day and I was like, wow, <laughs> awesome. No one, okay. So it's not Father's Day. Well, it's Father's Day in America. When's it Father's Day then here? Every day. September? That's okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to talk today about uh, the redemptive love of a father. Over the last 10 months, I've experienced some really amazing things. Um, and and heading, into, heading into Bethel, I had a really great idea of what I felt like God wanted to do in the season that I was going into. I was really excited. I was like, yes, Bethel worship is so good. The music is awesome. You know, I, I had just come out of YWAM and I, and I really felt like I was heading in a great direction. And I was, you know, serving here, getting opportunities. And I, and I was really excited for what I was heading into going going into school and yeah, I, I remember chatting to Matt about it a lot and being like, yeah, it's just going to be great. You know, I'm going to see lots of miracles and God's going to have great teaching and all that kind of stuff. And then I, I headed over, I got over there and it, it was great. The first two weeks were awesome and I really loved it. And I, I began to experience um, their culture that the church carries and, and just experience God in new amazing ways. And pretty quickly, I came to realize that there were, there were some things that, I believed about myself and there were some things that I was carrying that had been things that had always held me back, but I didn't realize it. So when, it, when those things started to come up and when I started to experience more of God and I started to experience more of His presence, I started to realize that there were more and more things that began to come up um, from in my heart that I was like, oh, that's, that's something that I didn't know was there. That's like, oh, you know, you know, those little things like when God convicts you about something and you're like, oh, okay, I need to do something about that. Um, that, that, hap- that started to happen a lot. And I started to realize that I had been living my life and viewing my life how I wanted to view it and viewing it through my eyes. And then I began to see that as I kept crying out to God, saying, God, just give me more of you. I want to experience more of your presence. I, w- I want to know you more. I want to feel your love. I want to feel your heart. I began to realize that like, 
when you ask for those things that there are things in your life that you have to begin to let go of. And today, I just want to, I want to kind of share some stories about my journey um, and what I experienced over there and some stories about what God has done in me. Um, and also, I just want to share about that those things are for everyone and, and that people can experience the same things that I have um, even back here in Australia. Because it's more than just a place because God, God is the same God over in Bethel as He is in South Africa, as He is in Europe, as He is in South America. He's the same God right here in Melbourne. And I really believe that um, the church is stepping into a season. Even this morning when we we're outside praying, I, I really felt like God was saying, like Nathan, like there is such a stirring happening right now. And all it takes is one step to step out of the boat and into the water. And you know what? It, it takes a risk. But the, I really, really believe that we're at a time, we're at a moment now with God that we have an invitation to step into more of Him and to experience Him in ways that will change your life forever. And I believe that with all my heart. So I would just want to share that with you this morning. The, kind of, the main thing that I'm kind of going after this morning is that I, I believe that when we encounter God, um, when we study His Word, and that when we look into His Word, faith is released into our lives. And when we study the Word of God and, and when we get the Word of God and we, when we worship God and we spend time with Him in the secret place, when we spend time in prayer with Him and we begin to encounter Him, I believe that that teaches us about who He is, but that also teaches us about who we are because we find ourselves in Him. And then that teaches us about what He is saying and what He wants to do in our lives. And so I really want to hit that today, that when we spend time with God and we spend time in His Word, we find out who He is, who we are, and what He wants to do with us. And the, the number one thing that I went to Bethel searching for, that I only discovered when I finally got there, was I wanted to discover who I was in God. And for some of you who don't know, who I haven't chatted to yet, but it, it, it wasn't just a Bible school and it wasn't just a ministry school. You know, we had Bible classes and we had lectures like every day and they were long and there was a lot of homework and it sucked at times. And I was like, no, I don't really want to do homework. I'd rather just go hang out with friends. But beyond all of that, one thing that they, we really went after in school as a class um, and as the leaders of our school, they really went after who are you in God? One thing that came up throughout the whole year, one of our lecturers would always say like the, two of the most common questions that people ask, whether Christian or non-Christian, is why am I here and what is my purpose? And, and with those two questions, the root of those two questions, it comes down to who am I? And I believe that we are sons and daughters of God. And I believe that we are children of God. When you think about what it means to be a child of God and what it means to be one with God, there's a lot of things that come out of that. But I believe that you discover your purpose and you discover why you're here when you discover who you are in Him. Because in Him comes everything. It says in the Bible, in Him all life flows. Out of Him, it comes out of a relationship with God. So I just want to share that with you this morning. So if you have your Bibles or if you have your phones or if you have your tablets or whatever you use, it doesn't really matter. It's all the same kind of thing. If you want to turn to Romans chapter, chapter 8, and we'll start at verse 12, and I just want to read a couple of, couple of verses. And in my Bible, which is the New King James, the title of like this part of the passage is, The Spirit Gives Sonship. And it says in verse 12, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. 
I'm just gonna read verse 15 again. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. I love that verse. It's, it's such an awesome verse to think, out, think about that God, you know, we all know John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And something that I really discovered this year was that, what, is, what does that actually mean to accept God, to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior? What does that really mean? We, you know, we studied Romans a lot. And, and as I began to study Romans, I began to realize that when we begin to accept, when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior and we become a born again Christian, what does it mean to become born again? Well, in my mind, to be born again, you have to die. And so this year, uh, my journey began off by me coming to the place where I was like, okay, God, uh, I'm going to choose to allow you into every area of my life. I'm gonna give you 100% and like 100 yes. And that's a really tough place to get to, like because there are often things in our lives that we're like, oh, I'll give God 95%, but just this little bit right here, I'm just gonna hold on to that because that's, that's what I want, that's for me, you know? And then you're like, oh, maybe I'll give God 100% this day, but then the next day you wake up and you're tired and you're like, oh, I don't really have time. I don't want to spend time with God. I'd rather just eat my breakfast, watch some TV, watch some Netflix, you know, do, do those good things. But you're like, okay, well, God, so then why are you saying, God, you can have everything and then not giving him everything? So that was, that's, a really, that's a really challenging thing that re I really began to go after. And that really set the tone for my year. And as I went after that, I began to realize there were things that I'd been holding onto for many years of my life that I was at the point where I, was, I, I knew that I needed to let them go. But letting them go is easier said than done, as a lot of people wouldn't know. So as I begin to let things go, you find that more things come up because you know, everything's tied together, everything, everything flows out of everything. And so I went on this awesome journey with God throughout the first two months of school. And if, if some of you read like, I, sent, I, I was really bad with my newsletters. I apologize for that. I, only, I sent like three throughout the whole year. I just always forgot to do it and it never happened. But for the, for the people that did read my first newsletter, I kind of outlined a little bit of what had happened in the first couple of months of school. And quite surprisingly, I didn't expect this to happen. But the first two months of school, as I went after this concept of like, okay, God, I want you to have everything in my life whether my heart, my mind, I want to give you everything, my emotions, my thoughts, I want you to have everything because I want to only be in you. I began to realize that I'd been holding on to um, some, something that had held me back for all my life. And so there, there was this pain and there was this trauma that I experienced as a child that, had, that was a deep root inside of me that I'd, I'd never let go of. Very deep root and, and you know, it was, it was this thing where um, as a child, like I was, I was sexually abused as a child by my father. And so growing up, I, I grew up without a dad and my only thought of what a dad was, were, was of that. And, and that's, a really, that's a really tough thing to grow up with and a tough thing to experience. And, and it's not something that you would wish upon your worst enemy. It, it really isn't. And so my whole life, everything had flowed out of this place where I had a part of my heart and I had a part of myself that had been completely suppressed and completely locked away because inside of that was just pain and trauma. And that was something that I never wanted to deal with. That was something that I just wanted to leave in the past and forget, which is a very valid thing because, because pain and trauma is something that can control your life and it is straight up poison. 
I don't know if you guys have seen the movie The Shack. It's a, it's a Christian movie that recently came out. It's an awesome movie. I cried like the whole movie. It was terrific. Good tears, obviously. It was, it's just a movie that's really touching. And, and it's a movie about this man and his daughter was taken away by um, some guy and then, and then she was murdered. And, and then the dad comes to the cottage where the police found her and, and they didn't see her dead body, but there was blood on the floor and it was very obvious that her daughter, his daughter had died. And he was a Christian man before that. But then after that, he was like, well, I'm walking away from God. And so he walked away. And the movie is the story of how God brings him back to this place and he has this encounter with God and, and then God shows up and he goes into like this weird dream. And then it's in, it's in real life, but it's in this dream. And God is shown in three different people, like Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And like the father is this black lady, like big, like, like, you know, like big mama, like kind of big black lady. And then Jesus is this like Middle Eastern looking man. And then the Holy Spirit's this Asian girl. And it, it's really like out there, but it's really cool at the same time with the concept. And there's this part in the movie where he goes into the boat with Jesus actually. And so he's sitting in the boat and they're rowing to the other side of the river. And it's kind of like the Bible. It's, it was corny at times, you know, it, it, was, it was one of those things. But anyway, the, this massive storm comes in and this guy was beginning to work through like the anger and, and the pain that he was holding on to. And he was holding on and Jesus was telling him like, let go, just let go, let go. Because when you let go, then the pain and stuff can start to come up and you can allow me to be God in every situation of your life, past, present or future. And so as he, as he was holding on, you could see the water was like turning into this like black kind of bubbly kind of disgusting water. And you, he began to say like, the more you hold on, the more this is just going to grow. And it began to like seep into the boat. And Jesus was saying like, you just need to let go, let go and let me be God. And that was something that really spoke to me. And at the time when I watched that movie, I, I just kind of come out of experiencing that in my own life. One of the greatest statements that actually was shared two weeks ago in church, Mary shared it. She said, let go and let God. And that's, that's often a very tough thing to do. But that was, that was something that I experienced firsthand in my life. And, and it was shown in that movie because Jesus, the, the guy who was pretending to be Jesus in the movie, he just kept saying, let go and let me be God. Let go and let me be God. And so my first half of the year, I, I experienced that because there, there was this part of me that I'd always hold on to. I went to YWAM, you know, and I, and I head off to Bethel and, and I was like, I'm serving in church. And I was like, God, I'm all for you. I'm like 99.5% for you, but there's this little 5% of pain that I never want to deal with and I never want to think about and I never want to touch again. And if I can forget it, and leave it there and never have to worry about it, that'll be awesome. And I can, can give you everything but that. And so as I began, I quickly realized, this was actually something that I shared with Matt. I realized that when I got there, that when praying God, I want everything for, like I want all of you in me, means that I have to give him all. And so I quickly, I very quickly realized that that little, like that little part of my life that was the only thing that I wanted to hold on to because I never wanted to deal with it was the, very, the one thing that God wanted from me. And I can't, I can't tell you how amazingly beautiful, messy and tough the first two months of school was. I, I would go into school every day and you know, we would have worship and we would have lectures and um, we would have classes here and there and everything like that. But I would go into school every day and I had an intern, he was like my mentor and I would come in and we would be in worship and I, and I would just like sit down in my chair and I, I really didn't want to be there. 
because the, the more I kept going back to school, which was every day, the more I realized I had to let it go. And it finally got to the point where there was this part, there was this part of me where I was like, okay, I'm wanting to do this, but then I'm not wanting to do this. And I was, I was a mess. I was completely torn. And, and then it came to this point and I had, I had this encounter with God. And I remember, I remember asking the question, God, why? Why, could, why would that happen? Why could that you let that happen? Like, where were you in that? And I remember you saying like, Nathan, I was right there. Nathan, I was right there. I was right there with you. And, and I, was, I was there. And the, the beauty about free will is like, God can't like control us, but like he can let us choose to let things happen. And, but it doesn't, that doesn't affect his nature because God is always good. And, you know, it says like God, like God will always work things for good of those who love him. And in my life, I've now begun to see over the last 10 months, him work a terrible situation, something that kept me captive for 19 years of my life, for the last 19 years. It, it has held me down. It has always been something that I've held onto that I never let go. And it was something that I've seen him, like seen breakthrough and victory come into to now where I'm set free. It, it was really tough at the time to deal with that. It, it really was to allow God to come into the rubbish, to allow God to come into like the sin, the pain, the trauma. And for the first two months of school, I would come in every day and cry. I, I remember multiple times, like I would come in, I would, I would walk up to like our group table and go up to my intern and be like, Anthony, man, like I just, I'm angry, I'm upset and I don't want to be here. And he would say, that's okay, Nath. And then he, he would like be there with me as I would just sit there, a 19-year-old, tough, big Australian dude, just crying in his arms like a little baby. And that was such a humbling time in my life. The, the people that I had around me, they, they saw the journey that I went on. And, and I can't tell you how tough it was. There, was. there was a point in time where I had a plane ticket. Like I had a plane ticket that was booked to come home. And, and I very nearly like jumped on that plane to come home. That, that's how much of a stronghold this thing was in my life. And I just want to tell you that, well, that isn't a stronghold anymore, which is a really awesome thing. Because yeah. obviously I'm standing here right now, 10 months later. But that, that was something that was, that was so beautiful. And in the midst of everything that I was going through, I discovered who I was in God. In the midst of everything, as I, began, as I let go, God came in. Because God is faithful to show up. Always. He is always faithful. He was always there. And you just need to find him. You need to find him in the midst. You may think that God's going to show up in this big, loud voice being like, Nathan, you can do this very well and you're doing this good and here I am, I'm right here. But he doesn't often show up like that. It'll be like the smallest little whisper in your ear. And if you tune in, you're able to find his heartbeat. And in the midst of like the storm and in the midst of troubles, he is always there and you've just got to find him. And so going on from that, I began to see God really start to move in my life. As I made the conscious decision to let go and let God be God in everything, including the mess, I began to see him work in amazing ways. You know, people would come up to me and they, they'd give me prophetic words and say like, Nathan, like, you know, what's going on right now isn't who you are and, and who you are in your past isn't who you're gonna be in your future. And, and it began to really like speak to my heart and, and in the midst of everything that was going on, God began to speak who he was calling me to be. He began to speak identity into my life. He began to tell me who I was as a son of God. As I began to let go and let him father me, 
I began to discover who I was in him. You see, it's not always easy letting go, but there's so much fruit and reward that comes of it. And I remember I shared this with Melissa, like the, the first service back, she said like, what's, what's the one belief or the one lie that you were believing about yourself that God completely rocked? And this was actually like a really big part of my breakthrough. As I chose to let God be God in that situation, I, I realized that there was this belief that I was holding onto that wasn't allowing him to be God. And, and it was that the, the decisions I made in my past and the things that happened to me were affecting and were gonna affect my future for the rest of my life. And I would never be able to change that. And my future would always be scarred and, and there would always be this little mess, this little trail of breadcrumbs that would follow me for the rest of my life. And I realized in a split moment, I remember the night, I was like, wow, like that is so not true. That is not redemption. That is like taking half of what Jesus did on the cross and only taking half of it for myself. And that's something that I really wanna um, exhort to you guys today is that what Jesus did on the cross was a complete work. Redemption was completed when he died. So not just to take away our sins, but he died to take away our iniquities. He died to take away our pain. He died so that we could live in him and we could live in relationship with God. And I'd always prayed, God, forgive me of my sins. God, forgive me of my crap. God, forgive me of my mess. But I, I never allowed redemption to take its full place in my life until I allowed redemption to show up in the middle of my pain and the trauma. And that is such a powerful thing, church. It really is because redemption changes people. Redemption brings transformation. And when you allow redemption to touch your lives and when you allow the redempting love of God to touch your lives, I can tell you now, I promise this to you that you will be forever changed. It takes time and it takes work and it takes sometimes tears and it takes dealing with stuff that you don't wanna deal with and it takes letting go of things that you don't wanna let go of. But I can tell you this, it changes you. It changes you because I stand here on this stage 10 months later from the last time that I preached and I don't recognize myself. I really don't. I remember the last message that I preached on, I talked about the love of the Father and I remember it very clearly because like I was a little bit underprepared and I didn't really, I didn't really have a lot to say and I didn't really know how to say it because I was speaking of very little, I was speaking of information, not of experience. And I'm standing here 10 months later having experienced the true love of God. And, and that's a thing, that's another thing that I really wanna to talk to you guys about is that God is not just about information. The Bible is not just about information. What I said at the start is that as we encounter God and his word, faith is released into our lives because when we study God, when we study his truth, it empowers us to believe in who he is, who we are and how he wants us to live. That's more than just information. You know, I can read the Bible and I can read that Noah built the ark and then they stayed in the ark for 40 days. And I can read the Bible and believe that, you know, Joseph was thrown into a pit and then he was taken out and his brothers ripped up his coat. There are so many things that we can read and we can know to be true, but there's such a difference between knowing the information and experiencing like the impartation of truth. Because when we experience it, it's something that we can hold on to. It's something that we know to be true beyond a shadow of a doubt. It's something so much more than just what information can give us. And one term that was really like thrown around in our school that even Matt's talked about it a little bit is like going from the head to the heart. It's going from the things that we know to be true to the things that we believe without, without a shadow of a doubt. And, and I'd like to say that there's actually like another step that I've seen work in my life that I believe is something that should be added on. It's from the head to the heart 
to a cellular level. And, and what I think that means is that when we, when we have things in our head and when, when we know things in our head, we know it to be true and, and we know information and we know that God heals and we know that God loves us and we know that Jesus died on the cross. We read it and we know it and it's information. And then as we start to allow truth to into every area of our lives, we begin to experience it. And it's something that we begin to believe because when you see things happen and when you have faith and when you hear of things happening, it's things that you're like, well, that's more than just something I know. That's actually something I believe to be true. Like for instance, before I went to Bethel, I knew that God healed. I knew that, that miracles happened. I'd seen an occasional miracle happen in my life, you know, growing up within the church, you know, you'd hear of someone getting healed or, you know, something like that. I knew it to be true. And then I went to Bethel and I began to experience healing and I began to see people getting healed all the time. It became something of second nature, which is a really cool thing to experience. So I went from being something that I knew to something that I fully believed in my heart. And then beyond that, as I began to step out and step out in faith and take risks and start praying for people, I began to see this thing that became something that I once knew to something that I believed. So something that I saw happen on a regular basis. It became something that is so natural now in my mind that I experience it in a day-to-day life. And beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know that God heals and I know that God wants to heal everyone. And that's what I mean when I'm talking about head to heart to a cellular level is that I feel like as a church, we, we are at a point where we have an invitation to go from a place of knowing things to be true to actually believing them and then actually seeing them happen in our day-to-day lives. And that is the essence of what I believe we're supposed to do on this earth. You know, in Matthew, it talks about when Jesus was gonna ascend back to heaven. It says that I've done all these amazing things, but greater are the things that you're gonna see in your own lives. And he calls us to go out and and to make disciples in all nations. And he calls us to go and pray for people for healing and, and see the sick healed and raise the dead. And he said, and he did all those things, but we are called to do them too. And and that's the transition right there. We read it and we know it and we read what he's saying but we take it further and we're like, okay, how do we apply that in our own lives? Something that's really powerful that I saw work in my own life is writing out declarations. It says like the power of life and death is in the tongue. And so by my bedside on my desk, I got little post-it notes and I wrote like, I'm a child of God, I am loved. My past cannot define me. Big, big writing. You know, and it was just like little things like I am strong, I am courageous, I experience him daily. Just little things like that, that at the start of the year, those were some of those things that I believed, like I believed them. But then there were other things that I was like, oh, well, I don't, I know that, you know, I know that to be true, but I'm not experiencing that in my life yet. And then by the end of the year, as I took the poster notes down when I was moving out of my house and coming back to Australia, I was like, man, these things that I once wrote on the wall and I used to question in my own life, like, oh, you know, I know that God loves me, but I haven't really experienced it. Well, every single one of them, there was about 30 on the wall and every single one of them was something that I once kind of expected to be true to something that I fully believed with my whole heart that were true. And so I just want to encourage you that there is so much power in what you say. There is so much power in what you say. Each and every one of you, there is so much power and there is nothing stopping you from growing to your full capacity as a son or daughter of God, just by the word of your mouth, by the word of your testimony. Like there is so much power in just talking about what God has done in your own life. There is so much power in sharing testimonies because it releases faith into the atmosphere. It allows people to pull on to be like, oh, 
I heard that that happened the other day. I'm going to pull on that and I know that it's going to happen again for me. There is so much power in what we say because we have the ability to create atmospheres. We have the ability to create culture with our words. It's really funny. Yesterday I was playing footy and this is just something that like I want to just emphasize with like the cellular level thing, like, you know, living God and having God ingrained into everything in our lives. I was playing footy and there was this contest in the back line and, and the ball was, it was kind of like near the boundary line and like the ball was starting to trickle out to the boundary line. And so I was like, oh, I want to keep the ball in. I don't want the ball to go out. So I ran over and in football, you're not allowed to throw the ball. Everyone knows that, correct? You've got to hand pass or you've got to kick it. Anyways, I ran over to the boundary line as quick as I could and I kind of like dived out and I just grabbed the ball and like I just threw it back behind me without even thinking. And of course, I got called for a throw and I looked like an idiot in front of everyone and everyone in the crowd laughed at me because I, I legitimately just grabbed the ball and I just threw it back. And that's something that's not allowed to happen in footy. And I made a fool of myself, but it was really funny. After the game, I was thinking like, why did I do that? I've played footy for the last five years. Why would I throw the footy? I couldn't think about why I would throw it because you just don't throw the football. You just don't throw it. And God was like, Nathan, it's because like for the first 15 years of your life, you played basketball. And the instincts that you have when you play basketball is like, oh, the ball's going out. Quick, run, grab it and throw it back in. And it was something that I didn't even think about. It was something that I didn't think about. I just did it. It was an instinct. What would it look like as our church if the things that we knew about God were things that we didn't even think about, but it was just on a level of instinct. What would it look like in our personal lives if we, we didn't have to think, oh, I, oh, maybe God heals. Maybe God encounters us. Maybe he, like, maybe he like, loves me. Maybe I can experience him today. What if we knew without thinking? <laughs> what if we knew without thinking? How crazy is that thought? How crazy is that thought that there is an opportunity for us to get to a level where we, don't, where we don't have to think, is God good? We don't have to think it. We just know it. And it's just something that comes out of our, comes out of our mouths. For instance, like if someone's going through, like one of our friends is going through a really hard time and they're like, oh, I just, I'm struggling with God and I don't know what's happening and you know, my life kind of sucks. What if we knew with, without even batting an eyelid, we could say, well, God is good. No matter what your situation, God is wanting to do something good in your life. Like how the invitation is there for us to step into a level of intimacy with him where with beyond a shadow of a doubt, we know, we know who he is. We know who we are in him and we know what he wants to do. There's such power in that. There really is. That when we invite Jesus into our lives and we accept him as our Lord and Savior, that's not just something that we do once off. That's not just something that we, we do and then we kind of keep living our lives separate to accepting Him as our Lord and Savior. I believe that when we become born again, as I said before, that, that we have to die to be born again because you can't like be born, already being born. Like you've got to die to something. And it says here, it says right here in verse 17, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, then you shall live. There's such an invitation out there for us to step into the more of God. But stepping into the more of God means that we have to let go and we have to let God be God in every situation of our lives. And it's really quite easy. Everyone still has their tissues. and If everyone can grab their tissue out, 
This is a fun experience. Our school was very large. In my year, so in first year of school, there was 1,300 students. Huge, absolutely massive. And so each, all the students are kind of broke up into smaller groups. They're called revival groups. And each group has a pastor. So like we were in a group of about 70. And I remember we were on retreat at the beginning of the school year and we had a retreat with our revival group and we got to know everyone and all that kind of stuff. And our very first session, we got handed a piece of tissue paper. And we were like, what the heck? Why are we giving a piece of tissue? As I'm sure you guys were all thinking, why is Nathan giving us a tissue? I don't want to cry. Like, Nathan, what are you doing? Anyways, so we got given a piece of tissue. And I remember my revival group pastor, Marlene, she said, this tissue is a representation of the things in life that are holding you back. This tissue is a representation of junk, of sin, of pain, of trauma, of lies, of disbeliefs, of questions, of everything. Everything that isn't God, this tissue is a representation of that. And I remember she said, now I want you to hold this up to your face. So everyone, if you can hold it up to your face, put it right in front of your face, like kind of rest it on your nose. We're getting up close and personal with tissue paper. It's, it's clean, I promise. I haven't blown on any of them. Maybe only Sam's. I think I've blown Sam's before, but that's all right. Bit of extra snot doesn't matter. Anyways, so everyone hold it up to their face. And I remember she said, now I want you to get your tongue and stick it through it. So everyone with your tongue, just stick it through the tissue paper. It's nice and messy. It should get on there nice and wet. See how easy that is? It just breaks. And she said, you have an invitation this year to do exactly that with everything going on in your life. See how easy that was? The tissue paper just breaks right through as soon as it gets wet. And I believe wholeheartedly, as I've seen this happen in my own life over the last nine months, I believe wholeheartedly that it is that easy. It is that easy to get to God. It is that easy to experience Him on a day-to-day level. It is that easy for Him to become a thing that is an instinct in your life. It is that easy to experience Him in your mind. It is that easy to know truth. It is that easy to believe it with your heart. Because redemption is that powerful. Redemption is just like your tongue going through the paper. Nothing can stop redemption. You just have to choose to partner with it. It's that easy. With that being said, I really, as I said at the start, I really feel like there's an invitation, not just today, but on a a day-to-day basis where we, as a body, as individuals in our relationship with God, we can step into a place where we regularly get a piece of tissue representing whatever our trouble is in life and we can stick our tongue right through it. Because when we have the understanding that we know that God is for us, so who can be against us? Nothing can stop us because we have Jesus on our side. Because he went, when he died on that cross, he went straight to the gates of hell, grabbed the keys off the devil and was like, ha ha, you lose, I win. And then he comes back to earth and what does he do? He gives them to us. So I just want to tell you, I just want to exhort you, I want to prophesy over you as a body, over myself as well, over our kids, over our families, over our friends, that things in life may get hard, but knowing that we have God, Jesus and the Holy Spirit on our side, knowing that the cross is a finished work, knowing that redemption is the most powerful thing in this world, 
and knowing that we can experience it on a daily basis. The things that we face in our lives can't stand against that. The troubles, the pain, the worries, nothing can stand against that. Nothing. And I've seen that to be true in my own life this past year. I'm a living testimony of that. It, it happens. It's real. It's true. And it can be true for you too. No matter what the situation, no matter whether you're dealing with pain or you have, you have questions, you have worries, it doesn't matter what it is. Everyone has a different story. Everyone has a different past. Everyone has a different future. We're all going in different places. We're all so unique. But this is true. And that's a beauty of the body of Christ is that we all have access to the same things. And it doesn't matter about your place. It doesn't matter about your situation. It's the same here as it is over there. There's such power in believing what God believes and saying what God is saying. Another thing that I've, I've come to experience this year, I remember one of our first lectures in the school year, Bill Johnson gave it, and he, he preached out of uh, Romans 12, chapter 2. And you don't have to turn to your Bibles, it's just, it's just one verse. But it says, And do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That is a, that's a huge kind of statement. That's, that's a tough thing to grasp. What does it mean to be transformed by the renewal of your mind? What does renewing your mind even mean? What is, what is, what is that? Like, what is that? That's a question that I honestly asked at the start of the year when we heard that. What does it mean to renew my mind? And I remember he put it really simply really super profound, but super simple. He said, the way that he's experienced that verse and the way that he has come to know that to be true and the way that he now teaches it to students and he teaches it when he preaches is that the way that we renew our mind is when we begin to stop thinking how we think and start thinking how God does. As we begin to let go and let God be God, that isn't something that we just do in situations in our lives, but that's something that we can do with our minds, with our thoughts, with our hearts, with our emotions. Letting God be God. That's another thing that I really want to encourage you guys with today is to start to think how God thinks. You know, I used to always, as I said before, I used to always think that my past would always affect my future. And then I had this revelation. I was like, well, would God think like that? Does God think that about me? Does God think that my past is going to affect me to the point where he can't choose a better future for me. And as I began to think about that, I was like, well, that just goes against who God is. If God is good, then that means he can do something about what I used to do in the past and turn it into good for the future. So I just want to encourage you guys today, three really, really solid things, as I've mentioned. I encourage you to let go and let God be God. Whatever that looks like in your life, let go and let God I encourage you to think what he thinks and to say what he says. As I said, there's such power in your tongue. And there is such power in what you think about yourself. There is such power about what you think about your neighbor. There is such power in the emotions that you feel to the people around you. 
There is such power to the emotions that you feel to God. I encourage you to catch his heartbeat, to catch what he is saying. Because there is always life in what he is saying. Because the word of God is life, because the word of God is Jesus. The word logos translates to Jesus. When God created the world, he spoke Jesus because he spoke life, because Jesus is life. So I encourage you to speak life because that's what God speaks over you continuously. And that's what the people around, in, around you see in you. So I encourage you to call it out in other people too. It doesn't have to be super profound. It doesn't have to be super awesome. You, know? you could just be like, hey, Matt, what you said today was really cool. Thanks. Be like, hey, Kerry, thanks for making food for me all the time. I really enjoy it. You can be like, hey, Dan, you're a really great friend. Hey, Sam, thanks for being perfect. <laughs> Got him! <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. You can be like, hey, Billy, thanks for bringing back the 70s with that mullet. It's really awesome. You can be like, hey, Brad, thanks for always serving the church on sound and doing the things that are unseen because without you, it doesn't go around. It can be as simple as that but you don't know the power of what that can carry for someone else. And the last thing is this like head to heart to a cellular level thing. I really encourage you to, to really go after the word of God, whether that be scripture, whether that be uh, prophetically, whatever that looks like for you in your quiet time, whatever that looks like, really catch his heartbeat. Because as, you, as I said at the beginning, because when we encounter God in his word, whatever form of word that is, Faith is released into our lives. And as we begin to study his truth, as we begin to go after his truth, as we begin to allow his truth to mold us, to shape us, and to create good things in our lives, we discover who he is, we discover who we are, and we discover what he wants to do. Which answers the question, who am I? What is my purpose? And why am I here?